Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And joining us on the carne asada is Dodgers pitcher Ryan Pepio. Ryan, ¿cómo estás, amigo? Uh, bien, ¿y tú? I love it. I love that you get the show already, Ryan. So I have to ask, uh, a lot of people like to come on the show to show off their Spanish skills. How did you learn Spanish? Uh, I took three years of Spanish in high school. Um, I don't really, really remember that much, but I started to pick up as I got into the pro ball. Like I used I knew a few words and I could start to articulate like kind of what people meant and it kind of just uh, slowly started creeping back a little bit. I need to go back and kind of fine-tune everything but uh there's a little bit in there i know you know i was having this conversation with another player who were the they were like they were telling them that when they were playing ball in a high school they kept stressing to them hey you got to learn spanish you got to learn spanish but now i feel it's not only just spanish because you got a lot of asian players now that are in, in major league baseball I, I guess, I mean, as a pitcher, you're pretty safe, right? I mean, your catcher more than likely is going to speak English, but we have seen some some Latin catchers. We've seen some Asian uh, catchers also. You ever have a language barrier with that, with your battery mate like that, where you're just like, how the heck are we going to communicate this? Um, I haven't had too many issues. Um, I know I've had some Latin catchers um, in the past, and most of them speak pretty pretty good uh pretty good english and i think uh when the guys sign at least with the dodgers in the dominican league um they have to like go through since they're like 16 17 they go through school and english is one of the courses so especially the catchers take it pretty seriously and they come on uh, when they come stateside they do a pretty good job of being able to communicate with everybody so i haven't had any any issues um and i haven't needed a translator really you know, I, I, you're the second person that's told me that about them taking English classes. And I thought, you know, once you got to the major leagues, you'd be done with school, right? Now I can just finally get to play uh, baseball. But to actually have to do school and then do the job, I I just, I love, I hear the stories where you guys really help each other, where the, the, the Spanish guys help the English guys how to learn Spanish, and then the English guys help them learn how to speak English uh, have you had an experience like that where you've kind of taken someone under their wing and I was like, let me teach you how to speak American, my friend. 
<laughs> yeah, there's been a couple times where like we have people over at the house or something like that, like a like an off day or something like that, and have a couple of guys over, and it just means a lot. Like if I try to speak Spanish just a little bit, then it goes a long way. Or if somebody who doesn't really know a whole lot of English tries, like it really means a lot. So then you know that they're trying to put the effort in and um, trying to make that genuine connection. And you just have some grace with them and you know like it's not gonna be perfect, but you don't make fun of them or anything. You just kind of accept them for what it is. And, and maybe it's a little bit of broken English, but you can make make out what it is. So the, the start of your season, Ryan, I, I have to, I, I wanna get into your mindset here because I, I can't imagine what you've gone through this year because it looked like you were gonna be a part of the rotation at the beginning of the year. Who knows? This might have been your breakout season. And then to get that injury on the your, it was your last start in spring training, right? When you felt it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Felt it pretty much the whole time against Angels. Um tried to just throw through it because it was an exciting time. It was gonna be on opening day roster, first time, um, with a great team. And uh it was just pretty it was pretty frustrating. Um and it just was even more frustrating that it just lingered on so long. It was like up in my ribs and up underneath my ribs, so like there really wasn't a whole lot I could do like to get any tissue work to get it to go away. So it was just and then every single time I tried to throw and put any effort on a throw or get off a mound, it was um it just took a lot longer than I expected. Have you ever had a, an injury like this that takes longer than expected? I mean, I can't, I don't know if you're a very patient person, Ryan, but I, I can't imagine it, it must have driven you nuts. It's like, why am I not getting better? Yeah, that was, it was tough. Um, and it would just, I would just go in every day and they're like, how are you feeling today? I'm like, pretty much the same. Like, I would just try to go in every day with the mindset to just get a little bit better each day, do every, when we threw the kitchen sink at it, whatever we could. Um, and trying to get it a little bit better every day. And I haven't had anything that lingered on that long. I had an oblique thing a few years ago, um, but it was just super minor. It was probably about three weeks or a month, but that one was a little bit lower on my side. So it was easier to like dig into to kind of get it to alleviate. This one just decided it wanted to be a long one and it, just, it was frustrating. So what did you do to prevent yourself from going crazy? Because I can't imagine what you must have felt like when you see that, you know, everybody's starting to go down in the starting rotation. I mean, they're like getting guys off the street to start games for them. And it's like, if I was healthy, I'd be there. I'd be helping this team. Yeah, it was it was tough. But I mean, uh, it, injuries happen. They're part of the game. Um, you don't want them to happen to anybody. You don't want to wish it upon anybody in um it's just something you just battle through. The first couple of weeks were pretty tough um, mentally. Um, and then um, as it kind of went on, it was just like, all right, like just try to get a little bit better. Just try to get a little bit better. Stay positive. I was at home. I was watching all the games at night. So I was um, cheering on the guys from, from home. Um, and it was cool to see. I know we had a lot of guys make their debuts and a lot of guys that I've come up with and played with before. So it was a lot of fun to watch and see some of those young guys have some success. You you mentioned that you saw a lot of the, which were some of those guys that you have relationships with that you were just like, I mean, do you ever like, not, I don't want to say jealous, but when you see some guy making that major league debut, does it automatically take you back to when you made your debut and you're like, I know what that guy's feeling right now. Yeah. A little bit. Like when uh, Gavin and Bobby went up, like I sent them texts, words of encouragement. Um, and was just super excited for him. You know, I've been been around those guys for a few years now, and just to see 
how they've grown, play catch with them, see how they go about their business, and then go out and see them have some success at the big league level. And um, it, it was pretty cool. And like you said, it does bring back some memories from when I got to do it. So I knew exactly what they're going through, uh, where you're kind of a little star crazy. You're trying to take it all in, but you're also trying to have some success and show that you can kind of belong at the same time. Yeah, I think you're a good person to ask, Izzy, because you, you've spent time with those guys, and we've spoken to both of them, and they're very two different dudes. Have you seen a dude, I mean, is there a change between them growing up in the minor leagues? They they get a t- taste of the major leagues? Because it seems like, I know people are calling Bobby Miller Bobby Eyes, but he seems so laid back. I, are, are those guys the same to you? Yeah, they're still the same guys. Um, Bobby's always dressed Bobby Ice. He's always dressed the same way, wearing fancy, crazy outfits, all that, all that stuff. Um, Gavin, quiet guy, super genuine, humble. Um, I haven't seen any change in either of those guys. Um, they're both great competitors and they're fun to watch. So Bobby Ice was dressing like that in the minor leagues. I, I mean, it, he has always had an eye for fashion. Yeah. Guy's a fashionista. I'm not going to take my fashion advice from him. It just it does not go for me, but uh, he can pull it off. I, I, I just think it's so funny, those two, because Gavin Stone comes on here, starts talking to us about duck hunting, and then you're seeing Bobby Ice wearing shorts, but like a, a dressy short ensemble. So uh, yep. it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, so we were talking to uh, Dave Roberts earlier in the week, and Roberts had said the plan was to build you up, right? And all of a sudden, you're close. I mean, you threw a per, close to throwing a perfect game. You came, yeah, you went deep in that game, throwing a perfect game. And I remember someone asking Roberts, Is he built up yet? And it kind of looked like it was like, Hey, dude, the guy's almost throwing a perfect game over there. Like, how much longer can you guys keep him down there? What have they told you in terms of building you up? Are they certain goals that they're looking for you to hit in terms of? number of pitches or number of innings um i think early on they told me like it's just about build up get the ups um get the pitch count up i think my pitch count last one was like 90 um so i don't know if this upcoming one will be 100 um i mean it's tough because i was out three months so it's and i've only pitched six times since then so it's um just kind of get the innings under my belt get the ups face different situations face different types of hitters um just kind of just get back into it um and go from there. Whenever my name's called, I'll be ready to go. So do you ever give it any thought when you, I mean, the right now the big club is going through this ridiculous winning streak. It looks like they, they're, they're turning the corner. They figured something out. And now of course, everyone seems to be pitching up better. So the minute you're ready to come back to the game, it looks like it's a numbers game. Does that ever cross your mind? No, I try not to think about that. If I think about that, then I'll go down a rabbit hole and, it just wouldn't be good for me mentally to think about that and I just have too many things on my mind. I'm just going to try to stay where I'm at, be where my feet are. Uh, whenever my chance is to get the ball, wherever it's at, just take it, run with it, and compete my butt off. So when, you, when you're a part of a team like this that is like as stacked as they are, do you ever wonder, maybe I'd be better off on another team because I would get an opportunity to play every day, show everyone what I can do? Because at the end, end of the day, right, that's what it's about. It's about playing every day in the major leagues, right? Yeah, it's about playing there. Um, but it's also very special to be a part of this time, this type of club. Um, to be able to have been on the team last year with 
superstars were on that that were on that team be a part of a 111 win team and have a small impact on that uh, it was very special and to be able to share the clubhouse with the type of guys that were in that clubhouse and the clubhouse this year um i wouldn't change that for anything you know so i we hear we've been hearing this a lot this year that these guys really like playing with each other that the chemistry on this team is so great and i think that it probably takes time to build something like that did you see that when you guys were in spring training? Did you already see a seed of like, hey, we like hanging out with each other? I mean, Miguel Rojas was telling us about like when they go on the road, they find a way to all hang out together, whether it's going to the movies or, or doing stuff like that. Was that something you guys were already establishing in spring training? Yeah, in spring training, I'd say uh, first couple of weeks, uh, everyone was kind of just getting to know each other a little bit. But then towards the end of it, it was Everyone had great camaraderie. Um, There's good, good banter going around with everybody going on in the in the clubhouse, and everyone was getting along, and it just made it a lot a lot of fun to like show up every day, and great team chemistry, and just made it a fun place to come every day. Not just like oh, I'm going to the yard every day. No, it was I'm going to work, and I'm going with a great group of guys, and it's going to be a lot of fun today, and we're going to go out there and try to win a ball game. Yeah, you mentioned the banter. Miguel Rojas was telling us that he's a little bit of a prankster, but he also said there's some people in that clubhouse that he just doesn't mess with. So it, it gave me the impression that there are some people in that clubhouse that like to sling it, but they 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 can't take it. A- am I am I right there, Ryan? Are there people in that clubhouse that like to talk smack, but when you dish it back, game over, man. Um, I stay away from the, the smack talking. I don't I don't think I have enough pull yet to have any of the smack talk. Um, if somebody gives it to me, I'll toss a little bit back, but I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go anywhere over the top. I'm not pulling any pranks yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to wrap things up the way we always wrap things up on this show. On this show, we're, we're about the Dodgers. We're about Los Angeles, but we're also about the culture. Uh, so these are a series of rapid fire questions. Uh, feel free if you want to elaborate on them, by all means, go ahead and do so. But you are the pride of Indianapolis. So I'm just, can you please explain to me what is a Hoosier? And do you consider yourself a Hoosier? Is that a real thing? Yeah, it's Hoosier hospitality. Good people, genuine, nice. You walk around the street, people are talking to each other. And you're in downtown, you're on the street corner, make conversation with somebody. Um, you walk into a restaurant, everyone's super nice to you. Go wherever. Um, it's just being genuine, nice people. So th- I was today years old. So that's what Hoosier means? It just means being a good person, being nice? I don't know if that's 100% the de- textbook dictionary definition of it, but that's kind of my play on it. So I, I realized that you are a multi-sports star. I mean, you played baseball, basketball. Is it like mandatory in Indiana that you have to play basketball? I mean, is that Larry Bird thing like true? Do they really like the minute you're born, they hand you a basketball? Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember what the first ball I picked up, but a basketball probably would make sense. Um, yeah, everyone I was friends with played basketball at some point. And if you play one sport, basketball is probably the one that everyone plays or has played. But you were like a star in football, weren't you? Were you like a star quarterback in high school? Yeah, I was pretty good. So what makes you go baseball? Was it just your love of baseball or is that – the best sport you, you're that's the best sport you're you're good at 
I was good. At, I was better at baseball, um, but also I, I didn't really love that 300-pound guys could run fast enough and they wanted to take my head off. So I thought the career longevity of baseball was better than uh, the possible career longevity of football. You know, but that that's real, right, Ryan? I mean, I, I hear people say that and then immediately, oh, what a wimp and all that stuff. It's like, bro. Who wants to get they killed? Who was the the Colts quarterback that played at Stanford? That Andrew retired? Luck. There you go, Andrew Luck. He retired early, and it's like, yep. dude, that guy was a stud. Yep. I, it's like, I want to see you take those hits. No, no, you don't. You don't want to take those. <laughs> I mean, even even in high school, I didn't want to take those hits. I mean, you're standing back there, and you just got guys running full head of steam at you, trying to take your head off. Like, you got to stand in there, and you got to make some throws, and. Then, you're going to wake up the next day feeling pretty tough. This just tells me how smart you really are, Ryan, because you chose the guaranteed contract sport. So I think uh, that, that's very smart on your part. Uh, I'm very curious. You played in the Cape Cod baseball. I always hear about the Cape Cod League. What is the most interesting thing about the Cape Cod League that people don't know? Uh, you're playing with like the best of the best uh college baseball players and you're playing on really tough high school baseball fields in cape cod massachusetts like and i I had a great team that i was there with i had a great situation with my host family and so i don't know i can't speak from other people's experiences but we had a great great club and i was in the bullpen so we had a lot of fun and we would we did have a lot of bullpen shenanigans that uh we would all bring lawn chairs. Like it was battle of who could have the best lawn chair. So like I had like a bungee rope one that just was awesome. Then, then later on in the season, I had one that had like a foot rest. So I could like lay out and wait till like the fifth, sixth inning, see if I was going in there or not. Um, we build fires out in the bullpen. We ordered pizza one time, got in trouble for that. Um, we did a couple other things. So we had, we had a lot of fun down there and it was, it was just fun. And you're playing baseball, you're in beautiful, Cape Cod, you can go to the beach on days off, like everywhere's 45 minutes away, not traveling too far, but you don't know, people don't, you think, oh, Cape Cod League, prestige, all that stuff, but then you go out there and you're playing and it's like you're two pitches into the ball game and you're landing spots the size of Grand Canyon. <laughs> so I, I'm assuming the infield and the mounds were just in really bad shape out there too? Uh, they've gotten better from what I've been told. Um, and in a lot of places I've done some updates now that like, there's more hype behind it, but, um, compared to some places I've played, especially when you get into pro ball, but in, even in college, there were, there was, there were some tough ones. So I, I was taking a look at your Instagram and I noticed you are quite the, the, the traveler. Are you a, uh, is there a travel show in the, in the future? Are the Pepios going to be TV stars? I don't know. My wife would love it. We're big. Uh, we do like our reality TV, so uh, it wouldn't. I mean, I'm not 100 sure I would be behind it, but my life would be all in on it. I mean, Ryan, you you went to Barcelona. You're you're in Paris. You're in Dubai. Like, like which going, one of those was your favorite? Uh, I'd say Dubai because it was my honeymoon. Uh, uh-huh. uh, that was cool. I went to Paris. I'm French, like Pepio's French, so I went and visited my homeland. Uh, and then uh, Barcelona was awesome as well. Um, and uh, we're going to Portugal this year for our two-year anniversary. Um, but my wife's traveled all over um, growing up. 
So she's kind of got me in on it. Wow. So I, in terms of when you went to Paris and getting in touch with your French roots, what did you discover? I mean, did you have one of those uh, uh, epiphanies where you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm related to this person? No, I didn't find any. I didn't find any Pepios there. Um, but it was just cool seeing the the history, um, kind of like a little history buff. I like all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I'm, I like food. So, I mean, the French food was unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, how important is a baseball glove to a baseball player? I, I feel like a position player, they, they, they are, they're very, they're very, uh, they have a very intimate relationship with their glove. Does the same apply for a pitcher? Uh, me, not so much. Uh, I like, I'm a Marucci, uh, guy. So I, I go down to Baton Rouge. My wife's from New Orleans. So Baton Rouge is only like 45 minutes away. So I have a good relationship with the guys, Marucci. And, uh, I got, I've got some good ones uh, that I've, I've customized. Mine is just, I just want it to be like the same style. Um, doesn't matter what color, what kind of laces, all that stuff. I just wanted to have the same, same kind of style. I'm not like, uh, Kirsch has like the same glove he's used for like the past like eight seasons. Um, and he just restrings it whenever it breaks and just uses the same one. Um, but I'm not like, I think, Lux has like used the same glove too. And he's like, I have to have the same exact glove or stuff like that. Not, I'm not that crazy. Um, you are a part of a ball club that I think, especially in past years, but this year too, show hair is very important. You are a candidate for show hair champion. Uh, right now you're wearing a baseball hat. So I don't know. Have you trimmed your hair, but oh, okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, but I uh, a little bit. I mean, James Outman has uh, the Tarzan look going there. Like, do you guys have show hair competitions in the clubhouse? Uh, no, I wouldn't say show hair competitions. I know, and uh, I had to cut mine a little bit. It was getting a little moldy and it was a little boxy, so I kind of <laughs> trim it down, uh, get back. So I couldn't go anywhere without a hat before. It was bad. Like it, I just, it was in my eyes. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't a good look. Um, but I know uh, in spring training, uh, Doc made Outman get up in front of the team and give a full presentation of what he does for his hair to get the curls and all that stuff. And he's like, I just put, <laughs> I think he said like argon oil or something like that he puts in it and it just curls it up and makes it look great. But um, there's some good hair. There's some good hair on our team. And uh, I definitely don't take spot number one, but to be in the, in the talk, I'll take it. Do you ever see yourself cutting it off and, and go and rocking the short hair? Or no, once you to, have hair like that, you you have to take advantage of it. Yeah, I used to. Uh, I used to have short hair when I was growing up. My mom used to buzz my head. So I used to be a buzz cut kind of kid. Yeah. And uh, I went through the beaver phase in middle school. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, then I went like college. I had like a little fade to like the little poof on top. And that just turned into something bad. And then when COVID hit, like you couldn't really go to the barbershop. So uh, I just kind of let it grow and then it just kind of kept going. And then once it got past the point, it started to curl up in the back. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't look that bad. And then just kept going. Now I, now I can't even go to a barbershop. I have to go to a hair salon. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Uh, so not, I mean, you're a major leaguer. You played basketball. You're a football star in high school. I mean, at this point, you're just an Olympic athlete, but Hitting that hole in one at the Justin Turner uh, Golf uh, Foundation, I mean, 
does that just give you bragging rights for every? I mean, I mean, it's like you can just do anything. You can do no wrong, right? Uh, I'm just going to say I'm glad that there was a open bar at the situation <laughs> after that, because that was going to be an expensive tab uh, for that one, especially knowing the crew that was there. Like, it was it was a wild experience because we were like second or third to last hole. It was a long day, kind of started to get backed up. Our group was up after like Muncie and Chris Taylor and Tony and Evan Phillips. And it was me, Jerry Hairston, and a couple other guys, Andrew Whitworth. And uh, then group behind us rolls up and it was like Moustakis, JT, Pujols, uh, Joe Kelly, like crazy guys. And I was like, oh gosh, like I'm a, I'm a little nervous. So I'm like, all right, I'm going first. I threw the ball down, didn't take a practice swing, looked at the hole gripped it, ripped it, and it goes in, and then I just get a bottle of tequila dumped on me. Like, <laughs> it was it was wild. I, it was wild. And I didn't really know what to do. Like, I know you're supposed to go run after the ball, but I was, like, kind of just in shock. Like, did that really just happen? And did that really just happen in front of all these people? But not, not only did you get the hole-in-one, but your golf swagger, man, I mean, your wardrobe that day, I, I mean, you take this, like, serious, right? You're not just out there being happy Gilmore, right? Like, you look the part. I, I mean, you got to look good to play good, right? I mean, that's what they, that's what they say. Uh, no, I got, I got a little uh, golf apparel endorsement deal with Sunday Swagger. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, they hooked me up. They set me up. So I'm, and it's fun. Like, I wear that when I pitch. Like, I'll show up to the park with a crazy wild shirt and that's kind of just my thing that i do so um yeah i I have i have way too many polos i could probably wear one every day for two months and probably not wear the same one um and be from simple to as wild as you possibly can be of all the neon colors possible with floral accents and all that stuff um but uh, my closet's pretty good uh, do, were you prepared for the amount of amenities that you would get as a professional athlete? Or is that one of those pleasant surprises where I could get used to this very easily? Pleasant, pleasant surprise. Uh, very pleasant surprise. Nice hotels, uh, the unbelievable food, the cool cities that you get to visit, the outstanding ballparks. Um, and the biggest one for me is the people that you meet. Like Everyone's great um, trying to help you out and really just genuine, nice people. You know, Ryan, I was really, and I shouldn't be surprised because I think it says a lot about Justin Turner, but the number of people, because by that point he was no longer on the team. He had already signed with the Red Sox. I think everybody was still dealing with the shock, but the number of people that showed up to support his foundation, was that more you guys just wanted to play golf or was it you guys wanted to be there for Justin Turner? Um. I can't speak for everybody, but for myself, it was like be there for JT and Courtney. They, JT took me under his wing. Courtney was really nice to my wife, Lilia, and they talk a good bit. So um, it was. I wasn't actually planning on going to it. I didn't even know when it was. Um, and then we got to LA for the Fan Fest. First night, JT texts me, says, hey, golf tournament Monday, you're there. And I was like, I didn't bring anything. I don't have clothes. I don't have my clubs. And so I'm borrowing clubs from um, the marketing guy in my agency. I texted my people. I was like, at Sunday Swagger, I was like, I need clothes. Like, what do you want me to wear? Like, bring it to, bring it to me. I'm playing here. Like, 
out war drove me out like figuring figure it out and just kind of happened and just kind of went and just was there for them and tried to support them and forget to go again this year would happily support them it, it's one of those things where I, I i get it i really do because you guys play every day but I, this is a side that i wish that uh, more fans would see uh, because i feel like it it humanizes you guys because it, it is about relationships. Yes, you guys are out there playing a game. And yes, you guys are paid to play this game. But to like I said, I, I was surprised at the number of people that showed up. And to me, it just it, it's a tribute to who Justin Turner is and, and, and Courtney and the work that they do uh, for the city of Los Angeles. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're great people. Um, just one of a kind human beings. And super genuine, willing to help out everybody and just trying to do what they can to support the community that supports them. Um, and it's, re it's really special. And it's something that I would love to model myself as going forward. Whenever I get to get to that level of being able to give back, um, just to be able to use them as a cornerstone and try to build off of what they kind of have done. Uh, last two, I, you've been very gracious with your time, Ryan. Um, have you, or at any point in your life, we're big fans of wrestling here. We like to refer to it as the male soap opera. At, at one point in your life, were you ever a fan of wrestling? Did you ever, like, fan out there and and have a favorite wrestler? Uh, no, I like John Cena. I was a John Cena guy. I uh, wasn't, like, huge into it. Um, wrestling wasn't my sport. My brother, my younger brother got into wrestling. And it kind of took me away from it because he could do all these moves and put me in like headlocks and stuff. And like, he's three years younger than I am. And when he was like in middle school doing it, he could like pin me and I'm like a junior in high school. And I'm like, I don't like it. <laughs> you know what? That's uh, I, I, I'm sorry that I had to make you relive that trauma, but I think that is a legitimate excuse, especially siblings are always like, let me try this move on you. Let me see if I can pull this off. And then that's when the parents get pissed off when you're rushing to urgent care because you got hit on a table or something. See, I used to be able to like sit on him and I, he couldn't do anything, but then he would just like, he's, he's like, I'm going to get into wrestling. And he was actually really good at it. And he would just spin out of it. Next thing you know, I'm in a headlock with my leg up in the air, arm going the <laughs> other direction. I'm like, what in the world is going on? So you're right. Traumatic experience, but uh good memories um last one uh on this show we're really into tacos and being that you play for the dodgers you're in los angeles we need to know ryan what is your favorite taco and where do you go to get that taco uh al pastor tacos uh is my favorite by far uh where do i go for them in la i haven't really i haven't gone out uh and got tacos in enough um, uh -huh. I can't remember. There's a. I spent my first off season um, in LA. My wife was a professional ballerina and lived in downtown, so I stayed down there. And we went and found this one taco truck, like in Santa Monica area, and it was the best taco I had um, at the time. Um, but uh, Al Pastor tacos, probably the best one I had, was at my rehearsal dinner for my wedding. We got married in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and we had a taco truck company come to uh, the house for the party. And just was whipping it up right in front of everybody. Damn, Ryan, you buried the lead. Your wife is a ballerina. I mean, so yep. you guys are an athletic family. I mean, I don't know if you, our listeners, our viewers know, man, being a ballerina is physically de demanding. So yeah. is she still uh, active? No, she hasn't done. Uh, once COVID hit, her company kind of shut down. Um, mm -hmm. And 
when she went back, when they came back, um, most of her friends kind of bowed out um, just because it'd been like a year or so. Um, she still does like guest teaching, um, some trying to get like commercial dance stuff. But like you said, it takes a toll. And she's been basically standing on her toes for 15, 20 years. So uh, hips, knees, everything hurts all the time. So uh, I think the ballet day, days are, uh, are over. Um, the career longevity of ballet ballerina is probably, I'd say like football career. Uh, so uh, those days are done, but she still loves to dance and uh, we'll try to do like commercial stuff. So she can totally relate to you when you come home after a day that you pitched, huh? Yep. Or the next day when you're feeling sore. Oh yeah. She, she gets it. She definitely gets it. Well, we want to thank you, Ryan. Uh, we, we're hoping that you can get the call to come up and, and join the big club and, and help the Dodgers on this stretch run and uh, see you get to play in the postseason. Uh, we want to thank you for your time. Where can our listeners, our viewers, follow you on social media if you are into that thing? Uh, Instagram at rpepio10 and then Twitter as ryanpepio2. I don't tweet, I don't tweet very often. I'm not like Walker. I'm not tweeting yeesh after every homer. Uh, so uh, Twitter, don't worry about it. Do you ever give him crap about that? Be like, hey, wow, that's that's pretty deep there. Your tweets there with your analysis. No, I was over at uh, Walker's. I think we were at Fourth of July. We were watching one of the games, um, and I think Alman hit a homer. I think CT, the CT was there. Uh, somebody else went deep, and we were all like, "All right, tweeting Yeesh," and he's like, "Already tweeted, already out there." <laughs> There you have it. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. Best of luck to you for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And a big thank you once again to Ryan Pepio for joining us on the show. Yo ha sido su servidor, Juan Ramirez, de parte de mi colega Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lust Podcast has been brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.